0: Okay, Grand Valley Archery Podcast, um, <clears throat> I got a special one tonight, I got uh, uh, United Blood Trackers, um, there's a couple people here in Colorado that are uh, going to call in here in just a second, they're calling me so we could do a group, a group call and uh, I'm going to talk to them about blood tracking in Colorado. Um, I heard about them on the Elk Shape podcast, um, and, i uh, have been hunting in Colorado for a long time, and, um, it, I don't know if everybody around here in Western Colorado knows that, that you can track, uh, elk, deer, whatever, um, in the state of Colorado with dogs, but we're going to get into that and, uh, and see what, uh, We'll get the details from the experts. Hello.
1: Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so yeah, I can't get a hold of any of them. So oh, really? Them. Yeah. Oh man. That, yeah. Uh, so I
0: don't know. uh
1: Nancy said that she wanted to hop on, but. Uh, I didn't specify if it was gonna be on the phone or not, so I don't know if she's dropping
0: over to the house or what. <laughs> well either way. Um if she shows up, yeah. Yeah. But, cool man. So
1: what's been going
0: on? <clears throat> Just working. <laughs> Just working. But um I I I appreciate it. If you wanted to uh, uh go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be that'd be fine. We'll we're we can go ahead, and I've got it recording. Okay, bro. Yeah,
1: uh, my name's Keith Brown. Um, I, I run On Track, the Game Recovery, out of Colorado. Um, I'm also the vice president of Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery, which is which is more or less uh, where people's going to come together. Uh, it's a Facebook group, and then we are. We just started the 501C uh, to get more trackers on board in the state of Wyoming and Colorado.
0: Nice, um, and if I remember right, you, you had recently moved to Colorado.
1: Yeah, I moved out here in May of 2019. Okay. Uh, she started and wrote out but she just texted. She's ready for the call. Uh, can you we try to add her?
0: If you can add her, yeah. If not, then you know we can hang up and, and come back on.
1: All right, send so my give me just a second. Okay. Tyler, yes. Okay, I got Lindsay on
0: with us. Perfect. Hi, Lindsay.
1: Hey, Tyler. How are you?
0: Not bad. Uh, no, thanks for joining. I, I, it's uh, that's this is a treat. Um, this is kind of hey a last. <laughs> it's a last minute thing. I, I kind of want to get the word out because I, um, uh, since the last time that I spoke with Heath, trying to get this set up. You know, I, I know a lot of um, primarily bow hunters because I, I started kind of just an online archery shop as a hobby and um, it's taken up a lot of my time but uh, I've been I've been bow hunting in Colorado since probably the mid 90s and um, um, a lot of traditional and then some compound and then have traveled with the bow a little bit so I've, I've, I've hunted in a few different spots but uh, I talked to some of the guys that I know that that bow hunt and, None of them really were aware that that you could track wounded wounded game. Um, right,
1: right. Yeah, that's the common uh, consensus among everybody in Colorado. Unfortunately,
0: it's odd, um, right? It, um yeah. I'm I'm looking at well, I went to United Blood Trackers because that's that's where I had initially seen um, or heard the name.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and And the resources are are, are great and and uh, we'll we'll talk about um, what you're doing um, as well but and it talks about some of just a real simple um, basically paragraph about what's required and um, and I didn't know that you can get a tracking permit for forty dollars
1: yeah uh, what's crazy is the people that work at the at the uh, CPW offices don't really know about it either. <laughs> uh, but this, I mean, besides <laughs> as as it is, there's not a lot of us out here doing it, so it's not like they're issuing out these tracking permits Yeah. Uh, on, on a regular basis. Like, uh, we have a lady by the name of Elaine out of, of Leash, Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and the past two years she's been the only one to, uh, to buy one. So last year's ticket number was uh in line with the one she bought this year for tracking
0: wow Uh, yeah um so lindsay you when did you get into this
2: i just started with heath just a few months ago um so i'm relatively new kind of getting into the game we're currently in the process of training my black lab sisu on tracking and so she's about a year old Mm -hmm. um so you know i'm i'm um, not as far into the game as heath but I've, I've learned a lot over the last few months that we've been working together and really kind of taken up a lot of my my time as well free time but, you know it's, it's great because i i absolutely love it i'm a i love dog training and anything to do with dogs and so uh when i got hooked up with Heath, and i was like hey you know um tell me more about this blood tracking thing that you do mm-hmm. and kind of did more research on it. Cause I, I was like you, I mean, I hunted in Colorado for several years, had no idea that it was even legal. Um, and so that just really intrigued me that, you know, I could help find big wounded game for other hunters. And so, um, yeah, I just started down this path a few months ago and it's been awesome. I absolutely love it. So this will be oh, your it.
0: first season coming up here.
2: Yes, yep, it will be.
0: Um, so is there, because Heath, I think you told me about kind of like there's a, um, some books available by a specific author that's kind of like the Bible of blood tracking, kind of a really uh, basic, like the starting point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's that book that's owning out of blood trackers. Yeah. Uh, I'm not exactly, exactly sure how, how the, how the uh, title is, but it's by John Genesee, um, Yep. and this has been around for for years uh he's the one that basically he's the one that stood up you the blood trackers. and you know back in the day it wasn't legal anywhere and he started in new york and slowly started okay you know get legal through all the states in the united states uh minus two i think two uh arizona and nevada are the only two you can't track in in the lower 48 mm,
0: really Huh? Yeah. Tra- tracking dogs for finding wounded deer.
1: That's
0: it. Yeah. Oh. Great. Um. So Lindsay, you um, is is so you did you just move out here? Or are you moving out here? Or are you just out here for?
2: Um, I've I've been out here since 2014. Okay. My husband and I moved out here. We're both from the Midwest, and so I mean I've been hunting my whole life. Uh, I was more of a whitetail gal upland bird and then when i moved mm-hmm. out here got into elk hunting and you know kind of got turned on onto that so i'm also an elk hunter um <clears throat> but yeah i've been out here since 2014 and, and heath and i actually live pretty close to one another we live in bailey colorado which is per- yeah. southwest of denver hour. Mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that
0: yeah yep yep i think it's required to be an elk hunter if you move here from some other state and you're a hunter i think, I think it's you. on the i think
2: it's on the application form right yeah.
0: Yeah. it's on the sign i think move. good grief yeah
1: unless you move to boulder didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> then you gotta
2: be vegan yep. oh
0: man uh, <laughs> uh. yeah it's uh yeah i don't even want to go down that road because <laughs> we, we, i we i think uh we got a little tipsy on one podcast and we started bashing boulder at one point but uh um, uh-huh. that doesn't happen very often. It was a couple young guys that I, I shoot a lot with and, uh, yeah, I got a little bit out of hand, but it was fun. So, um, so I, I had a question about, um, I, and I, and I'm assuming it would depend on the dog and on the, you know, some dogs are, are born to work. Um, like mine is born to sleep on a king size bed, apparently, but cause she's a, she's a great Bernese. So she's, she's kind of right. nice to look at, but she's pretty worthless. Yeah. Uh, but so for like, um, is it, Sisu is your, uh-huh. your lab, you've been doing it for a few months. Um, like how proficient can a dog get in like, I mean, you're going to be what, eight months in, uh, yeah,
1: by archery. So- if you're if you're training two or three times a week mm-hmm. uh running training tracks with them by the three months mark they're, they're ready to get put on their first live track wow uh, so eight months i mean yeah. sizu is going to be well trained by, by opening day of archery season uh, i started my dog out in june of last year uh at nine weeks old and she found her first elk in uh. september
0: at five months old. Five months old? Are you kidding yeah.
1: me? She wasn't even party trained yet. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and then um it's not like you're you're running around um in the Midwest on flat ground chasing birds or something. You're you're in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah.
0: Deadfall, uh, steep, nasty.
1: Yep. Yep, absolutely. Wow. And then, you know, because here in this state is you got to gotta run them on lead, so they got to be on a leash. Yes. And when you're tracking deadfall, man, I mean, you spend most of your time. You can't even really pay attention to the uh, dog. You, no. You, you're just tracking. You're just swinging around trees trying to catch the lead and whatnot. But you're trying to keep makes, up. Yeah, it makes it real difficult for sure.
0: I bet. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought that would just be – I'd lose my mind with my dog in the mountains in a deadfall area. Just, uh, I'd end up turning her loose because – I mean she's not working but man that would be frustrating. So I can imagine that's a lot of uh that's a lot of work and I, I, I don't know I'm assuming that there is a there's a fee for this because nowadays with the price of um just fuel and getting somewhere and um I think when I listened to you before, Heath you were talking about you drove like three hours one way, got there and it was almost dark. Um, and, and that's part of the, part of the regulation that I, that I read in Colorado was, you know, obviously like, um, normal hunting hours, unless you can get, uh, permission from the wildlife officer. And we all know that they answer their phones 100% of the time.
1: Well, we actually, we actually met with a CPW officer at the Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery meeting back in January, Mm -hmm. and he gave us a list of, um, Numbers to call for dispatch uh, so we can expedite that moving forward. So, it, hopefully, it shouldn't be an issue this season as far as getting a hold of a uh, wildlife officer to give us approval because, I mean, they want us to recover the elk just as bad as the hunter wants us to recover the elk. So, it ain't agreed, it ain't so much of get permission, really, is the way I read it. It's the way he kind of told us. It's more, more along the lines of we just want to know what's going on in that area, yeah.
0: sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and having the uh, the the hunter CID number along with that, so they know who it is yeah, and, and who you're working yeah, typ-
1: with. Typically, you know, when we get a call, because I mean, if you're listed, if you're listed on unitedbloodtractors.org, dot that's where most of the non residents are gonna uh, get our number from. And like I said, uh, every every person I call, uh, every person that called me last year, but like one, I think. Was non resident. Um, so there's not a whole lot of people know about it. But w- once we do get that call, you know, we're screening that call. Um, mm-hmm. we're, because we, it's not good to have a young dog and put them on an unsuccessful track. Because we train them that when they hit that blood, they know there's a reward at the end. Right. So if the first few tracks don't give them that reward,
0: mm.
1: it don't make the best tracking dog. And then also too, you gotta take into account that, you know, we're gonna want like pictures of blood. We're gonna want, uh, we're gonna want a pin of the closest place we can get our truck sent to us before we set the track. I'm gonna want a pin of where, uh, where the animal was shot at. Okay. If you, if you got a track laid out from where you track blood, send that too. Uh, what I'm looking at, uh is I'm looking at how far do I have to walk? uh, How steep is the terrain? uh, Because a lot of times we may, I may have got back from a track and I'm wore out and then I get another one and they're like, oh, it's, yeah, it's five miles. It's, you know, 2,500 foot elevation. (laughs) Well, that, that changes a lot, you know, whether or not I'm on stuff that. You may have to call somebody else, you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, depending on where they're calling from too, right? I mean, the, the questions that you're asking, um, I'd almost want all that if a friend of mine called me to ask me uh, for help. Yeah. Just yeah, like, where just, do I park? The, where are you at? That. Yeah. Right, right.
1: But then a lot of the other questions, too, is we're trying to have them paint that picture to us on whether or not we think that it's a recoverable animal. You know, if somebody calls and says, hey, I know for a fact I've I got shot this at him. Now, the first question is going to be, uh, did, you, did you go after him? Did you bump it? Right? Because them elk can go. I mean Oh yeah. If you if you bump one bad or something bumps it, I mean you may not recover it or you may have a long track job to recover it.
0: I mean it's gonna and die.
1: It, it's gonna die.
0: But it could be miles and miles in rough terrain before that yeah. thing yeah.
1: Yeah, so if the hunter's like, No, it, it ran it ran downhill, um uh, I didn't go after it, well there's not gonna be a lot of blood to the dog to track and the elk don't have the interdigital gland that deer have so that we we're gonna we're gonna wait to that next day to those thermals are, are shooting up the mountain and we're gonna come in from the top so that dog can, can win that scent uh coming from the gut shot
0: okay yeah um and now uh as far as like uh, from an archery's perspective um like uh you know broadheads i mean that's a, i'm sure you get that question or you. you You've
1: asked. I, I asked I ask that question. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some people say, why does that matter? Well, uh, for me, I'm going to ask did you get a pass through? Did you recover the arrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they say no and no, my next question is, well, what kind of broadhead were you using? If they say expandable, that expandable can close up and they're running off. If they got a fixed blade broadhead, as they're running, it's in there just blowing stuff it's yeah it's working yeah so that that's something i want to know you know uh, sure so yeah and that, that's kind of why i ask it and then too if they're like yeah i shot it with a rage then <laughs> i know that there's going to be initial blood and it's probably going to fade out you know uh, just from that large opening uh it's just stuff i i kind of keep in my toolbox as, as we're going on the track
0: yeah yeah so uh lindsey do you, are you a bow hunter
2: I do bow, rifle, muzzleloader. Okay, um, do it all. I had uh, kind of taken the last couple of years off. Um, had two kids. I currently have a two and a half year old and a and seven month old. So, oh my gosh, looking forward to getting back out again this year. So, um, but yeah, most likely I, I will be out in the woods with a bow.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I was wondering about that because um, what happens? If so you just block off time where you just don't answer your phone for for calls and that type of thing coming up? Yeah, I mean, that's... And that's fine. Like, I get it.
1: Yeah, last year uh, I got into it and then I took the whole month off. I'm like taking all of September off uh, and, you know, I had a buddy come out the first week and then my brother-in-law came out uh, the second week and <laughs> uh, I was getting calls left and right. I'm like, ah, oh, Ah, sorry you know yeah so this year uh i put in for some units close by the house here um so if i do get a call most of the time we're waiting to the following morning anyway uh so i like to get there first thing uh if you get that first thing in the morning there's a l- little more moisture in the air on the ground which holds that scent in better for the dogs anyway so that's
0: typically how i'd run it that was a yeah, question i mean, had yeah
2: well, I mean, we're trying to also build the network, too, of, of folks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of why I'm coming on board as well to kind of help, um, you know, if, if Heath has something going on and, you know, I can take a call or vice versa. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's we're we'll have, you know, a, a few different dogs that we're or a few different handlers that we can have options for for people. of You know, because everybody's got personal stuff going on, you know, so sure. um, and, and this isn't. You're you're not gonna make a living off of this. I mean we're we're kinda of doing this uh for for somewhat for fun, you know. So um that's why, you know, Heath was looking to bring me on and and um you know, get my dog on on board too. So there's gonna be more than just one option too, if if you if you give us a call.
0: Right. I, I was looking, um, there's a you know, th- there's a couple of people spread out across the state.
1: There are yes,
0: and um, so I'm assuming, like when you have, uh, when you have when you meet up and you're doing training or you have a, a gathering, I'm, I'm assuming that you get to to kind of know some of these, these other mo- trackers. Most,
1: yes, mo- most of those trackers that's on there um, are part of Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery already. Okay. Yep.
0: And that is the website. So it's...
1: Tra- well, that started out as a as a Facebook group, a private Facebook group. Okay. Uh, and then we just started a 501c. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the bank all set up. We uh, got our first seminar coming up in late July. Where we're going to be we've already got like 20 people in the books. I wow. think.
0: Wow. Yeah, you sent um, me that flyer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I need to print that out and I need to spread it around on my uh, at my uh, the archery range right right and and put that up just to just kind of spread the word not not just if someone wants to get involved with that but just to know that that service is available mm-hmm. and and maybe not uh i mean you're you're a good ways away, I'm in western Colorado, um yeah, I live yeah, like ten miles right. from the Utah border, so um uh, yeah, a- yeah, there was a guy in Hotchkiss, and he's like an hour and a half away, so uh,
1: yeah we got one tracker that's uh. I don't know if you pulled up Utah on uh, United Blood Trackers, but there is one tracker on Rocking that Big Game Recovery Facebook group out of Utah, not too far into Utah. Though.
0: Okay. I'm going to look real quick here while we're talking. But, uh, um, and you're not too, Lindsay, you don't live too far away from Heath, so. Uh, yeah,
2: we're, we're pretty close to each other, probably about 20 minutes apart.
0: Oh, perfect. The, the. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the nice the nice thing about where you're at is just the population density. There are a lot of people that hunt over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the high country, you know, in the Continental Divide, which is not too far away.
1: Yeah, and surprisingly, uh last year I think I got two calls in this area. Hm. Uh Unit Forty Nine, uh and then the one unit just north a bit. Uh, most of the calls were coming up from the OTC units way up north. Huh. Huh. Yeah.
0: Um. So well, how, how many? Where, call- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, how many calls did you run um, last year, just as an example?
1: I, I only only ended up running six last year. Um, I probably got over forty phone calls. Um, probably more than that if I went back. Uh, I know. Scott, he's out of uh, he's out of northern Colorado. Um, I can't think of the name of his town, but Scott Gillespie. He said he got over a hundred calls.
0: Whoa! Last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, they he'll get calls. He'll work in Nebraska, Wyoming, and Colorado.
0: No kidding. Um, Scott Gillespie in Wellington, Colorado. Wellington, that's it. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a. Um, oh man, that is a. Uh, yeah, he he's willing to drive then. Um Yeah, I, and
1: last year last year he didn't take as many 'cause cuz he he had a bad bout with covid and he was in the hospital. It's was, it was pretty rough on him.
0: Yeah, it can knock you down, that's for sure. I uh you're let's see, I'm trying to think of where. So you're at in yeah, Bailey. Hmm. Man, yeah. I
1: yeah, the goal is to, to get enough trackers on board under either on track or on their own, and um, and be spread out among Colorado so that you know we're all networked together. And, mm-hmm. You know, if I can't take the call, I can go onto our Facebook group page and be like, here's all the information. If you can take the call, let me know. I'll send you. I'll send you the drops to send it.
0: I don't uh, yeah I you have to be incredibly patient because um I don't know how many hunters I've run into that they'll tell you that yeah no I shot an elk and I'm like where'd you hit it and they're like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) they black out a little bit and uh and so that I mean (laughs) like you said you're asking 20 questions or more and and trying to get as much information as possible it's um
1: yeah and, and you know a lot of it especially for the out-of-staters their first second like, their first time actually getting a shoot out of an elk uh <laughs> it will be like yeah it's, it was broadside um uh, and it's never broadside it's <laughs> it's always a quarter shot um mm-hmm. uh, but all that adrenaline all that, a lot of times information you get ain't always accurate when you, when you do recover the animal sure um
0: uh, Um, I mean, do do ahead. you do you talk to um, hunters just because you've you've been tracking and and Lindsay jump in on this as well? I mean, you're you have some experience now that you could probably educate some hunters on as far as, uh, for instance, um, quartering two, just like a even a slight quartering two when it when a when an elk is. You know, they turn their head and they're looking at you, and they're actually quartering two and they almost look like they're broadside. Mm-hmm. That angling back because everybody always thinks of shooting them behind the shoulder.
1: No, yeah, you shoot in front of the shoulder like that. Right,
0: so that's um, that's a huge mistake because if you're lucky, you catch a little bit of lung on the one side and then hopefully you cut something by the liver and then you're in the guts and out the back. So, right. um, um
1: so as far as, as far as training, uh, or just speaking about that, uh, I haven't, uh, I kind of tailored, so I was at the Colorado Bowhunters, uh, association banquet. Mm-hmm. There, and I did a presentation. I kind of tailored it to, uh, more, long, more along the lines of, this is who we are. This is what we do. Right. Uh, here's here's questions we're going to ask. This is how it would go. This is best case scenario. And to get to that best case scenario, uh, and no hunter will ever do this, I don't think. But yeah. uh, the best case scenario for recovery is you shoot the animal, you track blood, you lose blood you mark it and back out
0: yes yeah,
1: stop and Just try <laughs> to get a dog because what everybody does and i mean it's hard not to is you're going to start grid searching and when you start grid searching you're spreading little particles of blood all around so when the dog gets to that point it's just like it don't know what to do and it's hard you can you can get past it but it takes a, a little time
0: does it um the the hunter gridding does the the scent from the hunter does that matter
1: no, no it's it's
0: mainly the dis- disturbance of yeah. the actual blood well, trail
1: it, yeah because with that if that animal's running and you get to a point where you lost blood but well, that don't mean that little beady pieces of blood isn't there if you step in it everywhere you step that dog can smell it mm. and it just makes it tough but uh going back to your original question uh scott uh he, he does a lot of uh presentations and stuff okay. this uh, he's the one that kind of he's the one that got rocking out big in recovery started as a Facebook uh, group uh, and and his his prior presentations that's kind of what it was about like you know where to where to aim where to shoot different scenarios stuff like that but I, I have not
0: well and the only reason I say that is as as both of you kind of go down this, Oh god! I almost said track. Um, uh, if you go, if you go down this route, and you're and you're just uh, hunter after hunter after hunter, and you're just gathering data, and you're and you're recovering animals, you're kind of seeing because you're listening to what they told you, and then you're seeing what the reality is.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that, just that helps you. Uh, become a better tracker and become a better, uh, I guess, screener when you're asking those questions, right? <laughs> <A> screener, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, if you, once you see scenario after scenario, you start putting all these pieces together. And, and, and the more coverage you have, the better the dog gets, the better the handler gets.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know a few hunters that uh, have been hunting for a very long time and i kind of wish they had kept a notebook on what they had what they had thought initially and what they had actually seen on the recovery right um how many animals they actually had lost um some of them i know a few f- friends of mine that have shot animals and went back weeks later and um and and found the animals cuz they just could you know it just lost just lost um, and I'm probably guilty of, of, uh, you know, really destroying a track by grid searching.
1: Oh, yeah. It's hard not to. I mean, yeah. when you're, when you're in the mountains by yourself or with a friend, I mean, a lot of times you're in remote areas, we got cell on surface anyway, and you're there, you know, it's kind of hard to pull out. <laughs> uh, I've been there. I mean, yeah. in 2019, it happened to me. Uh.
0: so um, i mean i
2: think if you hunt long enough you'll you'll hit you know that point where you you make a bad shot or you just you make a good shot but Mm -hmm. you know under certain circumstances you just never recover the animal yeah and i I know those are the ones that keep me up at night
0: um i ended up recovering um, an elk this was back this is a long time ago uh, when i was rifle hunting and um I think what had happened now when I look back on it is that I was too close in shooting my 340 Weatherby at, at, I don't know, 40
1: yards.
0: (laughs) And um, yeah, just like a pencil through that that poor elk and um, followed and followed and thought I knew where that bull was going to go and then uh, backed out and grabbed my grandfather and he was like a bloodhound himself. So, um, we, we kind of, we figured it out, but, um, uh, it did take some time and, and it thankfully it was uh, late enough and cold enough that it wasn't, uh, there wasn't much loss. So, um, but yeah, things like that happen. It just, um, it's sometimes messy. Um, and, and a lot of, uh, hunters and I'm sure that you're running across this Heath with the questions that you're asking is, um, it can it can be um, uncomfortable to ask for help from yeah
1: Thompson. yeah and, and a lot of times uh especially in the otc units they really question sending you a drop
0: (laughs) it's like (laughs) oh my gosh
1: you're not going to give this away i'm like no (laughs) this is not going on the internet i'm not going to be putting your spots you know i got my own spots but yeah that's one of the big things too is uh not just feeling bad about making a bad shot it's also too if they made that bad shot in their little honey
0: hole oh man
1: they don't really want to give that up either. Well, so. there you go.
0: If they stiffy, you just blow up their spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, most most of the people that I've run into in the backcountry I've had a pretty good interaction with. There's been a few um, over the years. Yeah. It's a small amount over the years. It's the it's the minority over the years that I've run yeah. into that. Uh, that's, uh, well, that's
1: what I told uh, Lindsay because, you know, she was saying that, you know, uh, my husband don't really want me going out by myself. I'm like, no way. Sure. I, w- I don't need to do that either. <laughs> now, you can
0: know? you um, can you carry a sidearm?
1: Yes, but you cannot use it. You, you can't use it on the animal. The yeah.
0: Hunter, the...
1: If, if y'all come across the animal and it's still living, the hunter has to be the one to dispatch it. With
0: the uh, the license that they have, like the the legal method of take, correct? That, that's correct. So if it's bow season, it's got
1: to be the bow. Yeah. Um,
0: and I don't know. I haven't really dug into
1: the law that much, but I don't, if you do get uh, permission to track at night, I would think that they're not going to let you put that animal down. i not, not exactly a hundred percent on
0: that. Some of the places they go, I don't even know if you'd want to be in there at night. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, we, we walk out a lot of times at night heading back to a right. camp of some kind, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the dog and you know, one of the spots uh, that, that, I had hunted, uh, there's just so many bears, so many bears. Oh really? Just insane. Like there's, there's times, um, um, a couple years ago, my, uh, my hunting partner, the same guy that I've hunted with since high school, he, um, he shot a cow with his long bow, um, cow elk for those. Cause I have a friend of mine that listens. He's in, in great Britain. So I don't want him to think we shot a cow. Uh, like a beef cow but uh, a cow elk and um, you know after that after we broke it down and and took part of it out and then I went back in and I said we'll just let it cool hang it in the tree right there and I'll go back and I'll uh, I'll keep hunting and he went back and uh, took care of what he had and I said I'll just uh, come back up here in a few hours and we'll pack the rest out and in the meantime I think I scared off and not none of these were really big bears but I think I scared let's see right. 4 or 5 bears just in wow in like 6 hours wow and then one good sized bear and then 2 days later I was in the same area and um I had gotten charged by a bear um but it was it, there was cubs so um oh, okay. yeah she okay. was taking she, taking cubs into the the carcass yeah. So, I mean, it was just, you know, it happens, but, um, I, I was wondering about that. Is that, um, uh, is that ever a concern? No. Okay. I mean, it
1: hasn't man, but I've never had a run in either, so.
2: Um. I've been charged by a bear in daylight, broad daylight, mm-hmm. out ball hunting. My husband and I, we we're <clears throat> out on the Gore Range and, um, we were scaling across. We got to this drainage and, uh, we sat down and, we turned around. This big old black bear was like mm, 50 yards from us. He saw yeah. us turn right around, and ran. We're like, that's the normal response that we get from black bears.
0: Yeah.
2: We kept going down. We decided to do a, a, a blind, uh, start doing blind calling. And um, oh, I was up no. the ridge a little raised.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know what's happening. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, yep. Yeah. So I was, I was blind calling, and and um, I was doing some cow calls, some calf calls. Yeah. My husband was down probably. 50, 60 yards for mm-hmm. me. And I'm just watching him and all of a sudden he gets really rigid and stiff and he starts waving his arms all like he's wild, like he's on fire and I'm like, what in the world's going on? And <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> and he starts yelling, hey bear, hey bear. And oh boy, then I see the bear and she is just coming right for us
0: mm-hmm. and
2: just slow and steady and you know she was kind of huffing and puffing, and when they get real pissed, they kind of they kind of chomp their jaws together.
0: yeah, snap them, snap them.
2: yeah, snap it's, their, tra- their jaw once you hear
0: it, it's it's uh, it's a unique sound
2: it is it is. <laughs> and she got about twenty yards from my husband. And we Ooh. had we had a sidearm and he had it drawn, yeah, and um he was like, if she would have taken one more step because she went up up, yeah, hill from him. And when I saw that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, envisioning this in my head, like I'm gonna have to like grab this arrow out of my knock and like jump on this bear's back and stab it in the neck (laughs) or something. Awesome. I'm like thinking (laughs) these things in my head, but like, what am I gonna do to this bear? Um, and so I, I start kind of like coming down the hill to kind of like give back up and that bear sees me and starts, you know, backing oh off. Gosh. And she followed us for a good hundred yards afterwards. And that scared the living yeah. daylights out of me. Yeah.
0: That, but my, uh, I had that same guy that I, that I hunt with. He had one when he was checking, uh, we found this tiny little seep that looked like it had some type of mineral content coming out of a kind of a wall of rock and, and dirt. And, uh, there was always animals and there was always tracks around it. So we decided we wanted to hang a camera and we don't do that very often, but we hung a camera in there and he went to check it and he got followed by a bear for almost a mile. He was throwing yeah. sticks at it. And I'm like, what were you doing? he's like, yeah, I had like running shoes, running shorts, a pocket knife oh, man. and his cell phone. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he knows better, but he's got a little paranoia now after that. And yeah, um, I had something similar happen, um, after he had shot that cow and a few days later, I was up, I was up in this little, it's this little gully with a compound, you can basically shoot across this thing. It's only, a, you know, a hundred and something yards across this thing, but it's, um, it's pretty narrow and the, I had a bear tag. So I was kind of hoping for, you know, a big boar to come into this, this, uh, this carcass and... I saw this good sized bear come in and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. And um, then I heard something behind me, higher up the valley, cause it's s- kind of steep. And I was above the carcass and she came in from below. And then, because the wind's going up, um, it was middle of the day, the wind's going up and it's warm. The cub started crying. And oh. she, her head shot up. I stood up, drew my gun. And had the finger on the trigger and yelling and waving. And thankfully, the Cubs ran off to my right, to her left. And she she full on charge. And then they started bawling off to her left. And she hit the brakes and looked at them and looked at me like, it was like, do I still want to get you or do I just want to go? She took off. But I was high enough to hunt ducks with a rake after that. My adrenaline was so jacked up for at least a half an hour um it was yeah. warm during the day and when i came down i was freezing because i just came off the adrenaline and was just right. Right, shaking right. yeah it was it was something because she wasn't well, a small bear but not huge
1: right well for us like every, every i only took one track uh last year where it was just a solo person uh-huh. like, it's usually people hunting together family whatever so on the, most of the tracks I took, it was it was a good bit of people, and they and they have to be there with the tracks so that are usually fifty to a hundred yards behind me. Every you know, it's a pretty big crowd. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Uh,
0: You're putting on a show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just you think can, that that is can just can the coolest the thing.
1: Tension. Yeah, you can cut the tension on the knife for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I'd, um, I'd mentioned this to a friend of mine that um, he has a uh, an Airedale, a young Airedale, and uh, that dog needs a job. But um, he's I, he's a master falconer as well.
1: Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah,
0: and so I I think he just took a, a like a contract to go out to California and do some like seagull abatement. So he's not going to be around. I think um, back until like mid August. So. Mm he's he's kicked it around he's thought of it he you know he he has that dog and he just thinks that she'd probably work out he's he's run dogs on um uh, cats and um uh i'm trying to remember what else he told me but yeah he's run he's run dogs on mountain lions he, he's had a uh, three or four dogs he would run at he's he's really uh he's really an outdoorsman so uh right. I, I think it would be great for him but uh We'll see. I mean, I you know, he's busy, but um yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's uh it's addicting once you find an animal. It's um. I mean, it's like it's your animal, <laughs> even though it's not. You know, you're gonna get pictures with you and the dog and the hunter, and you'll have them pictures forever. And just to see the raw emotion uh on the hunter's face, it just it's it's awesome. It's addicting.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I've gotten to that point too, where I I just assume tag along and watch. You know, um right one of the young guys that I shoot with all the time, take, take an animal and just, um, I enjoy that just as much as, you know, oh, dropping sure. the string myself. I think so. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I love watching dogs work. I mean, that's yeah. kind of my, they love it. Oh, kind of my addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, if anything that's my dopamine hit right there. Cause, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, I, I did a lot of, um, upland bird hunting, some waterfall hunting, mm-hmm and you know i always i always used to tell my dad you know i said i could not fire my gun the entire day as long as my dogs <laughs> did a good that day i don't care yeah that's all i care about is just seeing them you know because they're they're having just as much fun if not more fun than you are you know they love this stuff
0: yeah i watching dogs work uh the first i think taste i got of it was i was living in north carolina when i was um I was in high school, and uh, there was a guy on one of the teams I was playing on that, uh, I mean, he was a real, he was a real redneck guy, like a real, like, just grew up running around in the woods, and, you know, my kind of person, but he was, he just didn't fit in in that school so much, but I, I was hanging around with him for a little bit, and he's like, do you, uh, you want to go chase some, some coons, and I had heard about it, and I didn't really know what it was, and then you know this is like running dogs at night, chasing coons at night. Wow, that was wild. But right. those dogs, his, and it was his father's dogs. I don't know if it, it's probably the same thing. They get so excited. It's so much fun to just uh, be a part of. And I, I don't know if I'm. <laughs> I'm not anti-coon hunting. I wouldn't say that I'm like not anti anything really, but that was right. a that was a little eye opening that experience, the way they do it. But
1: yeah, I've I've actually never done that before.
0: Yeah, run run um, run bears back east and with dogs and bay up bears and stuff. I mean that uh, it's appealing. Um, yeah, but I, I do I love bears. There's just so many of them. There's so many in Colorado. Um, And mountain lions as well. I mean... um, Yeah, that's that's my uh, bucket list hunt. (laughs) The
1: mountain lion with hounds.
0: You're in a good spot right where you live.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've... uh, (laughs) I got some good ones on trail camera.
0: Oh, yeah. That's
2: actually how Heath and I got hooked up originally in the first place. My uh, husband and I were out mule deer hunting... By our house, and we came across a six-by-seven bull that had been taken down by a mountain lion.
0: Whoa.
2: And he's probably dead maybe three days or so. Hmm. Uh, he's still fresh, but not that fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I took pictures of it because I was just like, I need to took down mule deer, but I had never seen anything like that. Yeah, a
0: big bull like that.
2: Yeah, and so I posted on this Facebook forum, and so that was kind of cool, kind of humbling. And um, he's like, "Hey, where's that at?" <laughs> I got a, <laughs> a lion's <laughs> egg. <laughs> and that's uh, how we got started talking, and and um, so. Oh, that's great. It. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- think about the uh, the amount of power that it would take on a six by seven bull to do that just oh, amazing
1: you. <laughs> man you'd be lucky to get out i would imagine it's incredible yeah
0: um so uh tell me again about um um the organization and and i mean we could wrap this up if um if if you're good with uh with the conversation i i think uh i'd like you to kind of just kind of promote what you're doing again just at the end so um, the people that listen can can get a little bit uh, more information and then maybe go where to know where to to look for you
1: right right well if you if you're already somebody who who knows how to how to train dogs and and how to um, how to how to get them going on track and stuff like that uh we'd love you for you to be a part of our team
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that's you know rocky mountain big game recovery or on track which is kind of like our tracking business, if you will, if you call it that, but do track and training, whatever. Uh, so it's on track, big game recovery. And that's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. And we just started a YouTube channel and we're going to, we're going to be, uh, yeah, we're going to be putting together all of our, uh, we'll be videoing all the tracks and kind of putting them out there, uh, this year for everybody to see. So you can see that raw emotion from the hunters. Wow. Um, uh, and then rocky mountain big game recovery it's it is still and will continue to be uh a private facebook group uh i'm an admin uh you can ask to join but we also became a 501c we're working on a website uh and and that 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 website is going to link all the tractors up in the state right yeah um and then and then we'll be doing we'll hold you know yearly seminars to give training on any anything from you know what's in our backpack from when we go out on the track to you know how to read the initial shot site how, how to read the blood uh how to read your dog how to, how to do all, all sorts of stuff so it's, it's a wealth of knowledge it's
0: really involved i don't think um i mean i i, I wouldn't know i i maybe that's why i struggle to ask the uh, you know, the right questions tonight, but, um, because I just don't, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I could understand, right. I'd be one of those, one of those hunters that probably said, I'm pretty sure I'm hit him here. And I, yeah. I know where, I know where he was standing. I'm pretty good about remembering and being lucid about that. But then, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an emotional moment.
1: Yeah, and and for the and for the hunters who listen to you who, who have no interest in doing this,
0: um,
1: <laughs> you know, uh, ask for our number. You know, like hit us up on Instagram, ask for our number, uh, keep it in your phone, um, and then mm-hmm. and then just know that if this does happen to you, hopefully it don't. Uh, take as many pictures of the blood and remember as much stuff. After the shot, as you can, as far as the reaction of the animal, where it ran, that
0: type of stuff, okay, and uh,
1: that just that just helps the odds of uh, recovery.
0: So, on track big game recovery is on Instagram. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the, the show notes What's when I... that, uh, We that?
1: actually it used to be so. My buddy Lance started it out in Kentucky, and it was on track canine deer recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all links. So that's why he's gonna be coming out here in September to track. Um and then I'm going out to Kentucky in November during his busy time to track. But yeah, that's
0: the name of it. It's on track to get cover. So Heath, where did you move from?
1: Uh, well I'm I'm actually active duty Coast Guard. So I'm on okay. all the Coast Guard recruiting for Colorado, uh Wyoming, Utah, uh half of Kansas. Uh so I'm I'm active duty, so I've moved from Alabama out here. And that's where I'm from.
0: Okay. Because I don't know if you know that there's not really a Colorado accent.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> so, not at all. I, and, um, <laughs> you know what's funny is? Um, yeah. I went back home in January, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, do I sound like that? <laughs> no. So I'm not even as bad as they are. Anymore. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been all over. And, and uh, yeah. my I I was an Air Force brat. uh my, my brother was in the army for you know, twenty years, right? And uh, but yeah, he. <laughs> so I've been all over in it, and um, moving to North Carolina was um, eye opening. I really enjoyed it because it was really, um, um, it it was my kind of people out there running around the woods, riding horses, and working ranches and uh, that type of thing. So I, um, yeah. So perfect for me to live on a farm in western Colorado in the middle of nowhere, so uh, I appreciate uh both of you coming on um, Lindsay. it was nice to meet you and, and to, what a it was a it was a treat for me uh both having both of you on i I, I really do appreciate it yeah absolutely it and was, uh... maybe after the season um, uh, when it slows down for everybody, you can do it again and then see if there's any. Stories to share, and tracking stores. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, it was,
2: it was great having us on here. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 um, relatively new, but it's it's growing. Um, and um, I, I, I just like uh, the the type of people that I I can interact with around this uh, pastime. Um, and right. this is this is a new one. And when I when I heard that um man i was just i was amazed i i it's really intriguing um so
1: uh, are, are you on is your pod, is your podcast on apple itunes
0: it's on it's on apple i believe it's on spotify okay. it's on um it's on several platforms but yeah it's on apple
1: i was trying to pull it up the day you called me and i couldn't find it it's just um, grand
0: valley archery podcast
1: Oh, okay. Because I was stopping in Grand Valley Outdoors.
0: Yeah, it's Grand Valley Archery podcast because I started the the just the online business. I work a normal day job and then have um, an online archery store and just uh, tune mainly what I do out here um, is I have a lot of traditional guys that are just getting into it. It's gotten really popular. So I help them get started with, you know, recurves, longbows, uh, bare bows. Um, I build strings for. You know, olympic style bows and and bare bows and recurves and uh so i've been doing it for a little while but the, i just started that it was just kind of a i was doing it anyways for for people so i thought well uh, before i go broke i better start an llc and uh right and sell some things so nice,
1: nice. yeah yeah hey i got your uh got your podcast up so right now i got it, so
0: yeah there's a there's the the last one i did with the omnivores homestead and quivers the audio was was rough because I, he's in the middle of nowhere in florida and mm-hmm. it was it was it got a little wild he's he's a char- he's a character but <laughs> <laughs> but he is a really solid guy um nice. and just the nicest guy and and yeah we were on the phone for two hours just we could have gone kept going and going but uh no, there's there's some, there's been some really good um conversations and I'm I'm trying to get uh, right now I'm trying to get a gentleman that was um he owns a ranch up in Walden um with his family and he's
1: oh, the same guy that was on a Blood Origins the other day? Yeah, um okay. Gittleson.
0: Yep. And yep. Um, so we're just trying to hammer out a uh a, a time when he can get on so we can talk about his uh, his experiences with the wolves up there. Yeah. and just just basically running a um any type of ranch right now is uh, there's uh, there's so many restrictions for no, any no. any type of business it's it's tough so i wanna yeah. i wanna I, I'd love to talk to him and just get his perspective yeah so. for
1: sure that that was a really good podcast it was
0: uh,
1: uh because they're not <laughs> He's the only one that's telling what's really going on because you're you're not hearing it anywhere else. So,
0: yeah, and I I'd, I'd like to get uh, more into that and just um, expose kind of the myths about um, mm-hmm. like really like you know hunting and just tell some stories um, right. along the right way. Not. But um, I you know I uh yeah I have a few friends that I'm I'm trying to get on um, that have been hunting for they're the guys that have been hunting for fifty years. And, right. and they just, they've seen how it's changed and they've seen, um, just, um, the technology change and, um, the hunters themselves, how they've changed.
1: Yeah, um, no, that, that'd be great to listen to. I'd like to hear some, some old stories of, so there's, hunting pressured elk.
0: <laughs> there was a, there's, um, one called, I, I, uh, he's a friend of mine. I, I call him the wonderful Jim Shanks and uh and uh he's kind of a midwest guy well is he he's kansas nebraska up in there so not not quite but um and then moved down here and he's a civil engineer retired civil engineer and um we did this kind of right in the middle of his chemotherapy i think or right at the end of the first one of the first maybe the first round so um He's still, he's still around, kicking and screaming, and uh, man, he's got some great stories. and And that went on for a little while, but uh, that mm-hmm. was a that was a, a great podcast, and I got a lot of really good feedback because he's just the nicest guy and uh, an accomplished hunter. So, uh, right, right. yeah, that's one of them. But uh, thanks yeah, again. Back in August, yeah, yeah. Cool. I got to get more. I, I got to get. Uh, I, I'm just trying to get make it more consistent it's if i had someone that could i could pay to book these for me i would just i'd probably pay someone to do it just to <laughs> just to like you, hey you're doing a podcast on wednesday i'm like okay i'll do it you know but yeah
1: um, no and that's what a lot of people are doing uh we was on the hunt harvest um podcast a while back and mm-hmm. he had it all set up this guy's gonna contact you. you're gonna send your bio to him He's oh no kidding yeah I was like wow okay
0: yeah I'll get there <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh, no, that's cool uh, yeah it's, it's, it's nice to, uh talk to you again Tyler and um, and uh, yeah I, I got your number we'll keep in touch um,
0: anything comes up let me know um, any events or anything and I'll spread the word over here
1: okay yeah it kind of feels
0: like we're on an island sometimes on the other side of the mountain but uh, right Uh I'd be happy to help any way I can. Sounds good. All right, you too. Well, this is great. Yeah, thanks. For, thanks again, and uh, it's uh, it's about that time. We'll we'll jump off here. Uh, we're right at an hour. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, take care. Have a great uh, night. I appreciate it. it yeah. uh, bye. Bye.